Thank you for downloading the podcast. We believe the Word of God will richly bless you today. Now let's get right into the Word with Pastor Rusty Martin. We're celebrating our communion this evening, receiving communion, one of the ordinances of the church. Jesus initiated and instituted communion during the Passover celebration of Israel. A type of Egypt being a type of sin, Passover being a type of salvation, the blood of the lamb covering the doorpost of the people in the nation of Israel caused the death angel to pass over them. Judgment was poured out upon Egypt, type of the world, and was stayed from Israel. Isn't that good news? That judgment was poured out upon our Passover lamb so that we don't have to be judged of God. Now notice, let's pick it up here in Exodus chapter 12. It says there in verse 1, And the Lord spoke unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak ye unto the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month they shall take to them every man a lamb. Everybody say, a lamb. According to the house of their fathers, a lamb for a house. If the household be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next unto his house take it according to the number of the souls. Every man according to his eating shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats. You shall keep it until the 14th day of the same month. And the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. Could you imagine what that first evening must have been like? As all of these some two million people, which could have represented what? Maybe a half a million lambs. These people took all these lambs at the same time and began to slaughter them. Could you imagine what that must have been like? It says, and they shall take of the blood and strike it on the two side posts and on the upper door post of the house wherein they shall eat it. And they shall eat, they shall eat the flesh in that night, roast with fire, and unleavened bread, and with bitter herbs they shall eat it. Eat it, eat it not raw, nor sodden with all with water, but roast it with fire, his head, his legs, with the putrescence thereof. That means all of the lamb. Everybody say the whole lamb. God wants you to eat the whole lamb. A lot of people like only parts of it. Amen. You say, what do you mean? Well, a lot of people, they like teaching on healing. Other people like teaching on prosperity. Other like, people like teaching on righteousness. Other people like teaching on this or that. But you've got to have the whole lamb. You've got to have the whole word, the complete diet that the word of God gives us. So don't draw back when it deals with your character. Don't draw back when it deals with change. Don't draw back when it addresses things in your marriage. Eat the whole lamb. Thank you for that strong amen here this evening. And ye shall let nothing of it remain. Until the morning, and that which remaineth of it until morning, you shall burn with fire. And thus you shall eat it with your loins girded, with your shoes on your feet, staff in your hand. You shall eat it with haste. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against the gods of Egypt I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the house where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. And this day shall be unto you for a memorial. And you shall keep it a feast to the Lord 
throughout your generations, you shall keep it a feast by an ordinance, notice what it says, forever. Now, I do believe that the Jewish nation, the nation of Israel, will celebrate Passover forever. But the church of the Lord Jesus Christ does not celebrate this Passover. We have been given a new Passover. As they were given a Passover, which is when they come out of Egypt, years later, on the very celebration of this Passover, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, sat down with his disciples and initiated a new Passover. You say, what do you mean? Well, judgment was coming, but it was coming upon him. He was going to bear the judgment of the entire world. He was going to take and assume upon to himself all of the sin, all of the unrighteousness, all of the iniquity, so that mankind, for the first time since Adam's fall, could be spiritually united back to God. That spiritual death could be removed and the new creature could be born again. Amen? So, let's pick it up in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Jesus, during this Passover celebration, which for years and years and years was celebrated in different ways. Now think about this. This is amazing. The most, you know, 1 Corinthians chapter 11 is where you can turn real quick. The, I've marveled at this for years. And, and, and certainly I'm going to have a lot of conversations with a lot of people while we spend that seven years in heaven at the marriage supper of the Lamb. I'm going I'm to be up a lot walking around. I think that God's getting me ready for it right now. That's why I walk so much. Listen, the most significantly spiritual event for the nation of Israel did not happen in the promised land. You understand what I'm saying? You say, what do you mean? The most spiritually significant incident that took place for the Jewish people took place for them in Egypt. They ate the Passover lamb in Egypt. And I want you to know the most spiritually significant event to ever happen in your life will not happen in heaven. You say, what do you mean it's not going to happen in heaven? No, it better happen right down here on this earth. It better happen when you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that God raised Jesus from the dead. When you do that, you have accepted the true Passover lamb. The judgment has been stayed. The blood has bought you. The blood has cleansed you. And the power of the devil has been broken over your life. During this Passover celebration, oh, sometimes we need to go study. Maybe we'll do it in our study of redemption on Sunday morning. Jesus sent his disciples into the city of Jerusalem. Obviously, he had already made some preparation. Now, he told them to go find, uh, I believe it's in uh, uh, Luke's gospel. He said, go find, go look for a man bearing water. Anybody ever read that? You know what's unusual about that? Men never carried water. The women always carried. Because if it was men carried water, they'd have had a hard time finding it. But what would be very unusual is to find a man carrying water, which really is a type and shadow of men carrying the word of God, bringing people to Jesus. So actually they went and they found a place, an upper room that was prepared for them. They went up, the disciples and Jesus, and they begin to eat this particular Passover. Now, really, when it comes to redemption, this is the last Passover for the believer, not for the Jewish people. Now, I don't have any problem at all with especially uh, uh, the Messianic Jewish people, the people that adhere to Jesus. They call themselves completed Jews who celebrate the Passover. I actually met uh, two people who were part, uh, a big part of the Messianic Jewish movement. Manny and Sandra Boatman was their name. And they are people that celebrate the Passover. They also celebrate the Feast of Unleavened Bread. They also celebrate uh, the Pentecost Feast and all the different feasts. Well, they have that in their heritage. Amen. But here's the thing. 
God has initiated for the Gentiles. Everybody, that's a Gentile, raise your hand. Gentile means Hispanic. Gentile means African-American. A Gentile means American, Irish. No matter what it is, you're a Gentile. Amen. For the Gentile, Jesus initiated the ordinance of the church called Paso, excuse me, called communion. Everybody say communion. Communion is our celebration of the death angel, so to speak, being stayed off of us, spiritual separation from God being removed, us being united to God, and the blood of Jesus doing the work that it's supposed to do. So there's great significance to celebrating communion. Let me say this again. There's great significance to celebrating communion. The church at Corinth obviously had gotten into the ditch and had turned communion into a spaghetti supper. <laughs> Taco supper. I don't know what you want, whatever you call it. They turned it into a feast and a celebration that was about food and was also about position, which means people that had wealth, people that had money in the church were brought into the church and given a wonderful position of a nice table with people waiting on them and taking care of them. Other people that were poor and didn't have much, well, they just kind of had to fend for themselves. Paul was writing to correct this. This was not right. This is not the way we celebrate communion. Communion is not about the cracker. It's not about the juice. Communion is about Jesus. I said, it's about Jesus. That's why we don't have some big lavish supper. No, those are just symbols. Those are just instruments or elements that we use to celebrate this wonderful ordinance of the church. So Paul picks it up here in uh, chapter 11. There in verse 23, it says, For I received of the Lord that which I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night, Passover night, the night in which the lambs were being slain, the night in which in the entire nation was celebrating Passover. There they were at the Passover table. The night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do ye in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup. And when he had supped, saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as oft as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show forth, you do celebrate, you do recognize, you do enjoy the benefits of the Lord's death till he comes. Can I get a better amen? Three significant things Jesus did. Two here, one about three and a half years earlier. Jesus came out of the wilderness, it says in Luke chapter 4, in the power of the Spirit. The Bible says there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. He found the place where it was written. He began to read Isaiah 61, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He began to read that prophecy that we looked at this morning and he ended it by saying this, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Then the Bible says he closed the book and he sat down. Everybody say sat down. It says the eyes of all of them were fastened upon him. Now, Jesus literally did something that nobody ever had ever done before. In every synagogue that had been built in Israel, there was a special chair that was put up on the platform. That special chair was reserved for the Messiah. He is the only person allowed to sit in that chair. No one else could touch it. No one else could get near it. It was sacred, it was holy, and it was reserved for one person. And when Jesus read the prophecy out of Isaiah 61, the Bible says he closed the book and he went and he sat down in the seat of the Messiah. 
You say, what point are you trying to make? Jesus never tried to hide who he was. He never tried to skate around the reality of who he was. Actually, it didn't make everybody happy. They carried him out to the pinnacle of the hill and wanted to throw him off a cliff. But the Bible says he just walked through the midst of them. Then some three and a half years later, sitting at the communion table, sitting at the Passover table, he's now taking it from Passover to communion. At the communion Passover table, Jesus reaches across. Two implements were always placed upon the table. A loaf of unleavened bread and a goblet or a glass of wine which belonged only to one person. Only one person was allowed to drink that. Every family had a cherished cup usually made out of pure gold or silver that they cherished that was only brought out once a year, kind of like some of our Christmas uh, 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 crystal or some of those things that we use for Christmas dinners and only use once a year. They had their Passover utensils that they used. Part of that utensils was called the cup of the Messiah. It sat in a special place in the house. It sat in a special place all year long in the synagogue. After that, it was brought out, it was set up on the table, and the wine was poured in it, and no one, no one, no one was allowed to touch it or to drink it except one person. You know who that one person was? His name was Jesus. No one was allowed to touch the showbread. No one was allowed but one person. So he sat in the seat of the Messiah. He lifted up the cup of the Messiah and he broke the bread, which was a symbol of his body of the Messiah. Can you see that picture of him 24 hours later the next day standing in Pilate's court with a purple robe, with blood running down onto his beard, with a crown of thorns upon his head, totally innocent, totally guilty, guiltless, the spotless lamb of God being condemned by religion being condemned by the world and its system to die upon a cross for you and I. Isn't that good news? Notice this. I found it interesting. Jesus did not come and he was not born into the household of a shepherd. He came and he was born into the household of a carpenter. Now think about this. With three nails and two pieces of rough lumber, Jesus built a bridge from God to man. The greatest construction project of the planet was built in simplicity with three nails and two pieces of wood. So when we receive communion, we are honoring not only what was done, but more than that, we are honoring the one that did it. The carpenter that built redemption. The one that came and sat in that seat of the Messiah. The one that completed the law for the Jewish people. And the one that made salvation available for the entire world. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever should call upon him should, have, should not perish but should have everlasting life. Any whosoever could have whatsoever God has provided in Christ if they will just receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Frank, come back to the keyboard. Gentlemen, if you will, go ahead and pass out the communion implements. We invite everyone to receive. I, most of us are home folks here tonight, but if you are a visitor, you don't have to be a member of the church or a part of any kind of religion. Just make sure you're born again. Just make sure Jesus Christ is your Lord 
and is your Savior. Amen. Well, that precious, that precious couple getting saved this morning, getting right with God. Just thank, let's just thank God and pray for them. Father, we just pray over those precious people getting right with you, getting saved. Father, thank you for them. Thank you for all those, Father, that have received the work of redemption, Lord, the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, the body that was broken for us. Father, we give you thanks and we honor you for that tonight. We bless your name. We bless your name. We thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, let me just say something. It's been brought to my attention. I know some things have been said on Christian television. Other ministers have made mention of it. I know that it's written in a couple of books. So the question was posed to me, Pastor Rusty, is it okay for me to serve communion to myself? Absolutely. Let me say that again, absolutely. I would advise it. If you were in a situation in life where you were really in a battle for your life, for your business, your marriage, your finances, where every day you would get up, you would take and open your Bible to 1 Corinthians chapter 11, you would judge yourself, you would take some, maybe just some crackers and some grape juice and just receive communion every day if you needed to. I know if I was battling a great, some disease, I would do that. I know if I was going through some really hard financial times, I would do that. If I were preparing for some great missions outreach, I would do that. I know that some people, you know, I've heard some people teach on that and other people kind of recoil and say, well, you know, it's an ordinance of the church. You wouldn't go water baptize yourself, would you? Well, no, but this is a little different. There is a level of intimacy with God in communion that does not happen to be there in water baptism. Water baptism and communion are the two ordinances of the church. Now, here's the thing. If you're in a situation like that, Maybe you're trying to enhance your prayer life. Maybe you're trying to press into some things. There's no reason whatsoever you can't receive communion. You and Jesus and the Holy Ghost and the Word of God. Just do it right. Do it reverently. Do it without distraction. Do it with humility. Amen. But then it's also good for us as the body of Christ. That's why we do it every month. I know some churches and some religions, they do it more as a ritual. You know, they kind of receive it every service, and it's more of a ritual than it is an ordinance. Some of you may have came out of religion like that. Well, here's the thing. Communion does not save you. Let me say it again. Communion doesn't save you. Communion should be celebrated after salvation. Communion means nothing to a sinner. Let me say that again. Communion means nothing to a sinner. It's a ritual. That's all it is. But to the believer, it means everything. It is our Passover. It's when the blood of the Lamb was placed upon the doorpost of our heart. And we came out of sin and we came out of unrighteousness. And you know, when they look back, where we used to be in the world, we're not there. Can you imagine what that area must have looked like after all of Israel had left Egypt and those Egyptians went walking back into that area and all they could see was houses with blood on the doorpost? houses with blood on the doorpost but Israel was not there the great exodus of Israel a type of the rapture of the church one day they'll drive by on a Sunday morning and there won't be no cars in the parking lot the other building that will be in the new building by then but they'll drive by people that have been driving by for years and looking at the cars in the parking lot but they won't be there it'd be too late be too late you don't want to miss You don't want to miss what God wants to do in your life. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. We got everybody served. We'll make sure everybody gets served here tonight. 
As we receive communion, let me just exhort you. Three areas. Number one, if there's anything in your life, anything in your life that you do not have right with God, get it right with God. Just pray under your breath, in your own heart. Father, I'm just getting things right. I'm sorry. Forgive me. Get right with God. Secondly, for healing in your body, receive communion and what it represents as the security for healing in your body. Receive it as a celebration, as a worship unto the Lord. Thank you, Father, that by His stripes I'm healed. Thirdly, for your provision. He said He would supply all of your need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. As you receive communion, thank God that you're abundantly supplied, that you have abundance and no lack, that no matter what happens to the economy of the nation, I was watching the news earlier, they're talking about a million federal jobs coming to an end unless Congress acts and does something. There shall no evil befall us. Neither shall any plague come to our dwelling place. Island Church did not go through the recession. We're not going to go through the next one. Amen? You say why? That, that, that quote, death angel, death in our finest, has been stayed off of us because of the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Is everybody ready to receive? Make sure everybody's ready. Take the bread and hold it in your hand. Father, we thank you for the body of Jesus. That God himself came down and possessed a human body. Born of a virgin. Born in a stable where spotless lambs were birthed. Jesus came to this earth. God Almighty leaving the splendor of heaven and all of its security to come down to an uncertain world to redeem mankind. That as he matured and entered into his ministry in its fullness, he allowed, he allowed his body to be beaten beyond recognition, to be bruised, to be striped for our healing, to be tormented beyond anything we can imagine. His body was broken so that we could be made whole. In recognition of what you, Heavenly Father, have done through the Son, through your Son, Jesus, through the breaking of His body, we break the bread and we receive it in Jesus' name. Hebrews 9 verse 12 says, Not by the blood of bulls and goats, not by the blood of a lesser covenant, but by his own blood. He entered once into the holy place, the holy of holies of the universe itself, where God Almighty abides and dwells. Jesus came with his own blood. He didn't do it for himself. He didn't do it for the angelic realm. He did it for God's creation, mankind. He came in with his own precious blood. And he poured it upon the mercy seat of God. So that mankind would not receive what it deserved. The judgment of God. For what man had got himself into and could not get himself out of, God delivered him through the blood. God delivered man through the blood of Jesus. Tonight, Father... There's no way, there's no way in a short service on a Sunday night 
we can express how much we value the blood. But Father, because of it, we will be with you for all eternity. And for all eternity, we will give thanks for the blood of Jesus that even tonight is fresh upon the altar of God, upon the mercy seat of God. And we thank you, Father, that you've gotten us out of that which we've got ourselves into by the blood of Almighty God, by the blood of Jesus. We thank you for the blood. We thank you for the blood. We thank you for the blood. In Jesus' name, receive of the cup. Now just lift your hands and worship the Lord. Lift your hands and worship. Receive healing in your body if you need it. Receive forgiveness if you're not right with God. Thank Him for your provision that you have in Christ. Thank Him that judgment is not upon your life, but we live in the acceptable year of the Lord. If you need a miracle in your life, thank Him for a miracle right now. That's the way miracles happen, through thanksgiving. Thank Him for the miracle that you need. You may need a miracle in your family. You may need a miracle in your business. We serve the God of the miraculous. We serve the God of the supernatural. And we declare His supernatural ability in our midst tonight. Father, we thank You. We thank You. Not by the blood of bulls and goats. As they celebrated the Passover, we thank You, Father. Because of Jesus, we have a better covenant based on better promises. There's no way we can thank you for it, so we give our lives to you. in thanksgiving for all you've done for us in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. We worship you, Father. We glorify your name. We give you honor. We give you thanks. We bless you for your holy. We glorify you for your righteous. We glorify and magnify your holy name. For the body that was broken, for the blood that was shed, we worship and magnify you, Lord God. Holy, holy, holy is the Lamb. Holy, holy, holy is the Lamb. Righteous, righteous, righteous is the Lamb. Worthy, 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 worthy is the Lamb. We thank you because the temple, because the temple has been cleansed by the blood of the Lamb. The Spirit abides in the temple. Not made with the hands of man, but that fashioned by God Almighty. We are the temple of the Holy Ghost. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name. And everyone says, hallelujah. Doesn't that make you feel good in your spirit? Give you a peace in your heart to know these things are true and truth in Jesus' name. Amen. Stand on your feet this evening. Father, we thank you so much for communion. And as we celebrate it tonight, as we leave here, keep us ever aware of the presence of God that abides in our hearts and our spirits. Thank you for his body. Thank you for his blood that we celebrate tonight. Thank you for our protection and safety. Thank you that your word says there shall no evil befall us, neither shall any plague come nigh our dwelling place. We rejoice, Lord, that you give your angels charge over us. In our travels, we declare safety. In our work, we declare protection. In every area of life, we declare your blessing. In Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us today. We trust you enjoyed the podcast. We extend an invitation to you. Come join us in one of our services. Sunday morning, 1045. Tuesday prayer, 730. Thursday evening, midweek service, 730. 
We are located at 2411 69th Street, Galveston, Texas. See you there.